We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Thank you also to the Cavs. Thank you to the Cavs for winning that game last night. So I, so it wasn't a firefight today on the radio. Listen, man, I'm going to tell you something. I watched that first half. And I turned it off. I don't think I, you're I, alone. I mean, I came back to it later, but mm-hmm. like I was so frustrated watching that first half that, you know, I kept seeing all the tweets. Oh, the bench has zero points. Boston's got 12 or 16 or whatever. It doesn't matter. The bench sucked. Yep. The Cavaliers couldn't stop the three. They couldn't stop the offense. Mm-hmm. And this was a team that just played a double overtime game on a back-to-back mm-hmm. without three of their best players. And we'll get into the ease of last night's win or lack thereof. Uh, we're actually going to get that inside the hour. But uh, you know, yesterday we you brought up the Cleve TA tweets about uh, one possible logistical reason, or or sorry, not a, a reasoning why uh, trading Nick Chubb would make sense for the Cleveland Browns. And I have said it's just a non-starter for me. It just doesn't work for me. I and, and a lot of it ties back to. Are you going to get value for Nick Chubb? And if they were to trade him for a third-round pick, that just doesn't feel like actual value for a player that is still an elite player at this point in his career. Mm-hmm. But to add to this, because it got contentious yesterday, we had callers agree with you, callers agree with me. I don't want to say it was. I don't know if it was split fifty-fifty or sixty-forty, but it was like every Nick Chubb conversation. It was. Uh, it got contentious, and then to add to it. Matthew Barry, noted uh, fantasy football reporter. He was in Indy this weekend, and he wrote his most interesting things he heard at the Combine. 
And so these were his conversations with executives, with coaches, with people in the NFL. And he wrote it all up for NBC Sports Edge, who he works for now. And I thought it was interesting because his stuff on the Browns, I don't know that we should take it as gospel. But he at least gave us a window into how the changes for the Browns offense could look next year. And I don't know if people are going to love it. For na- for, for uh, Just starting with Nick Chubb. He said that, uh, one, uh, Jerome Ford's going to be backup. That didn't really surprise me, saying the Browns really like him a lot. And then said that the Browns plan to to go five wide and pass a lot, saying that this is going to be Deshaun Watson's offense and not Nick Chubb's. Again, none of that really surprised me. But then he got to the touch numbers on Nick Chubb, and he said 12 rushing attempts for Chubb and maybe a few touches for Jerome Ford. If the Browns really roll Nick Chubb out there, and I think he had 18, 19 touches a game this last year, if the Browns really roll out a $10, $15 million running back like Nick Chubb for 12 touches a game, I worry for the safety. Like, they're going to need to beef up security. (laughs) People are going to be pissed. Whether it's Deshaun's offense, Nick Chubb's offense, 12 touches a game for Nick Chubb sounds criminally low and borderline stupid. It's Yeah, I mean, if he's going to get that many touches a game or that little amount of touches a game, you don't need him. Well, I, I, but why wouldn't they have already just tra- – and this goes back to, like, last year. Like, my biggest frustration with the Nick Chubb conversation is if you thought there were going to be fit issues or if you knew you weren't going to use him a lot – why didn't you trade him when you had a chance? Or why why didn't you maybe trade him and rip off the Band-Aid when you traded for Deshaun Watson? Because now you do it a year later, that's going to be another stone packed on the weight of Deshaun Watson. Oh, we had to trade people's favorite football player to accommodate the offense for you. Yeah, but I think that's kind of what people assume was happening when we traded for Deshaun, no? Like, we're, we're accommodating for this this allegedly great quarterback to do whatever we have to do to surround him with the pieces he needs to be successful. Well, but a year ago, if you had said to Browns fans, uh, you're going to trade for Deshaun Watson, which was already a hotly contested conversation because it involved moving on from Baker and obviously all the -the off-the-field stuff Deshaun was accused of and then sued for and then suspended for. Um, That was already hotly contested. If you had said at the time, and in a year, because they don't fit together, or the perception is, because I don't know we definitively know, the perception is they don't fit together. Right. Well, they're going to have to trade Nick Chubb. I think it would have, I think it might have gone from 50-50 to I think you might have had 20% of people saying they would be okay with the Sean Watson trade. Yeah. And I just, I just think it's really interesting. I just, I don't, I don't like monumental overreaction. And that's what it feels like. If the Browns really are designing an offense where it's going to be in the, the passing numbers for Deshaun Watson are, are, are 40 passing attempts per game. We'll get into that later in the show. But 40 passing attempts for Deshaun Watson and 12 touches for Nick Chubb, how does that not feel like a polar shift when I don't know why you would have a polar shift? Well, also, like, how can you put a number on things before you know how the game goes? That's also a great point. Like, to me, whomever said this, if they worked for the Browns, is that not just laying the tracks to trade Nick Chubb? Because Mary Kay had said. She said it's not happening. It's not happening. I kind of feel like 
this would be the thing that you would say until a trade is made, right? Because then you can deny it. Well, we never told anybody we weren't trading for for or we weren't trading Nick Chubb. Uh, we were we obviously we listened to everything. I just I continue to go back to a, a, a central thought, and I think some people might agree with this because sometimes the Browns seem to make things harder than they have to be. I look at this idea of Nick Chubb and Deshaun Watson together, and I just it doesn't have to be that hard. It doesn't. There are workarounds to make things work. Like, not every wide receiver perfectly dovetails into what every quarterback does, and yet they make it work. And you'll have receivers who might not, maybe there's a different style of quarterback they might actually play better for, and they work because that's what you do when you have elite talent. And it just, it feels like if the Browns really are saying 40 passing attempts, per game for Deshaun Watson and 12 rushes per game, 12 touches per game for Nick Chubb. It feels like looking at, at 2022 and saying, well, that didn't work, so let's go ahead and completely not just tear down the house, let's go ahead and uh, rezone the entire property. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and we're going to drill down to the bedrock. Like It just feels like a massive overreaction, which is kind of how I feel like, and I feel like this is all on on the Browns. I feel like not mm. changing up the offense last offseason, not finding a, court, a backup quarterback who more fit uh, Deshaun's skill set, I think not having these conversations or realizations a year ago, if that's what's causing you to now have a massive recalibration, you don't get the out for me. It doesn't have to be as sudden of a change. You can go ahead and slowly morph this thing instead of, well, we're going to go from Gary Kubiak's offense to uh, Rhett Lashley's offense in college football. 216-578-0092. So the numbers that Matthew Barry threw out, 12 touches a game for Nick Chubb, 40. Count them, 40 passing attempts per game for Deshaun Watson next year for the Cleveland Browns. Do you guys think that uh, – what do you guys make of those numbers specifically? We'll start there. Uh, the latest NFL news, obviously yesterday the name we talked about, Dustin, was Frank Clark getting uh, released. Cleveland's owned by Kansas City. Um, I had interest in him. I'll also just say this. You heard in, Mary, uh, in Meredith Kane's update, Donovan Smith. Wouldn't hate if the Browns brought in Donovan Smith. And I know, I know that they're – it's it's just not likely that they trade Jedrick Wills and then sign Donovan Smith. But oh man, you want to talk about getting getting over with Browns fans? That would get people very excited real quick just to not have to watch Jedrick Wills play football for the Cleveland Browns anymore. That to me would be surprising. I mean, all along it's kind of felt like Jedrick's going to get another opportunity to come back this season and have that spot, but I'm all for change. Yeah, I think like I think there is, I don't want to say a, a huge groundswell of support, but I think there is, I think there are enough people talking about the Nick Chubb idea. And, and again, Mary, uh, Mary Kay Cabot was on with Baskin and Phelps earlier today. And she said not only do the Browns have no intention of trading him, but that that's not likely to change. And again, you know, that's probably what I would say if I was dealing with the idea of trading one of the most popular players in recent franchise history. Um, so I don't know that it automatically puts it to bed for me. I trust Mary Kay's reporting. 
I, I don't trust the Cleveland Browns not to not to just be again. The Cleveland Browns are also saying their goal is to uh, to to renovate the stadium, and I think they want a new stadium. So teams lie, and teams lie to reporters. In this case, I'll believe Nick Chubb is safe when we get through the draft because I just don't trust the Browns. I don't trust them to do something because here's the thing. The offseason, Dustin, mm-hmm. everything I've heard about what the Browns want to do, it feels like they're all over the map. I want to fix the defense, and now we're going to completely overhaul. That's really when we talk about the Matthew Berry piece on NBC Sports Edge. Five wide, playing five wide, and giving Nick Chubb 12 touches a game. Guys, this isn't tweaking the offense to fit Deshaun Watson. This is throwing the old offense out completely and completely changing what you need from your roster. That means one wide receiver ain't going to get it done. You're going to need multiple wide receivers in here, and it's also going to completely de-emphasize both the running back and tight end rooms. There's a lot of needs on this team. You feel like receiver's not really one of them, though, right? Yeah, not until they go five wide. Well, they could. I mean, they could. I just, I like... It, again, it just feels like a gross overreaction. It just feels like going from one extreme where uh, Kevin Stefanski wanted to run the ball and they wanted to get behind that offensive line and they wanted to ground and pound with a little bit of quarterback all the way to now we're going to throw 40 times a game. And, you know, here's the other thing. Also, we're going to have Deshaun Watson in this offense when it's really warm out. Temperatures are going to be perfect. It's going to be good conditions. Like, it's not going to be like him coming in like he did against you know the the Texans and Bengals in December, and certainly the Ravens and Saints games. Those games were in, in brutal conditions. They're still going to have to play that offense in those. In no, those they situations. will, but they'll have time to adjust as they get through the season. I'm actually not even concerned about the weather component about that because of how Deshaun looked in the weather. I actually thought he looked as good as he looked in any weather. Um, I'm just going to say this: it pisses me off that the Browns are wasting Nick Chubb's talent. Show your work. I mean, I, I think I think fans who have been upset about the number of touches that he has per game, I think most of the time they've been spot on. It's not about touches. It's about situational use as well. Um, I think they've already... I think the whole idea that Nick Chubb can't be a better resource out of the, the uh, passing game... I think that's a team-made construct. Um, I don't think this isn't. Uh, I'm trying to think of the running back that had like glass hands and just literally couldn't catch out of the back. We had a guy. Uh, what was <clears> it? <throat> now, I, I'm gonna waste time going through the name, but it was like it was a running back. Yeah. Was it Ruben Drones who couldn't catch for bleep? Oh, we yeah, had a guy. That's who, like before my time. We we had a guy who could run the hell out of the ball, but just couldn't catch the ball. I don't think that's Nick Chubb. I mean, I just I feel like the Browns to this point. Like, let me let me ask you this: Does anybody feel like the Browns have gotten the most out of Nick Chubb's talent since he's come here? Because I don't think they have. Probably not. And you know, I'm not I'm not even upset at the idea of this is Deshaun Watson's offense now. That just logically makes sense to me. One, it's a quarterback-driven league. Two, um. You paid him $230 million. Of course you're going to build an offense that perfectly uh, entails and builds into what he wants to do. 
That doesn't mean you have to completely minimize Nick Chubb. 12, ter- 12 carries a game, if that's really, or 12 touches a game, is minimizing Nick Chubb. For, to what end, I ask? Like, what is the point of minimizing Nick Chubb? How do you win games by minimizing Nick Chubb? And the idea that you have to minimize Nick Chubb to maximize Deshaun Watson, again, just sounds like stupid to me. It just sounds like desperation, overcorrection, and oh my gosh, what are we going to do with Deshaun? We, we didn't know that this is what he likes to play or how he likes to play or what he's good at. You didn't. You had four years. You had four years of definitive proof in Houston, and the Browns are acting like they woke up a year into the trade and like, oh, man, he's really good at these three things. We should do these three things. Well, one, duh. Two, that doesn't mean you have to completely minimize, and 12 carries a game is minimizing Nick Chubb. It is. It is overreaction city, and you can win with both of them. You don't have to choose. This is a narrative constructed by analytics nerds, all of whom I respect, by the way. But the idea that, well, you either have to pass 40 times a game or you have to run 40 times a game is asinine. It's called balance football. It wins all the time in the NFL. Look it the hell up. Sorry. I blacked out. What are we talking about? I don't know. It's just, it's mind-boggling. I've never seen an organization have a talent that we all look at and goes, that dude's unique. That dude is elite. And then the conversation is, oh, it's just, I don't know how to, I don't know how to get the most out of this guy. Yeah, but it's, it's beyond that. I think that's too simplistic. I think you have to look at it from a standpoint of, okay, this guy is uber talented, but you also have to think about the fit. Like, is this guy, is it worth it? to keep him in this offense when you know it's probably going to change and you may not get the most out of him where there may be another team that is going through a process with a lesser quarterback that needs more of a running attack. I mean, hell, Nick, I just saw this morning the the, the Titans are thinking about moving on from Derrick Henry. Yeah, they're also rebuilding. They're not I, trying to win. I, I, I guess I get that too, but still, I mean, it's one of their best players. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just I feel like it, it's worthy of the conversation and until we see what this team can do and what Stefanski has up his sleeve in terms of a plan, we all have no clue. Um. Well, yeah, okay. But then what are we talking about? Like, so, well, because in your – well, we'll just wait to see what Kevin Stefanski has. Because I don't think I don't think Nick Chubb's going anywhere. Like, uh, yeah, we can have the conversation about could he be traded? Is he Does he have value and all mm-hmm. these things? But in the end, I don't think it's going to happen. Well, but we uh, – so I think – why this touches on, again, we're talking about the uh, Matthew Berry report by NBC Sports Edge saying one of the things he heard in, in the combine is, and I'm just going to distill it down to this, 40 passing attempts per game for Deshaun Watson, which we'll get to, and 12 touches per game for Nick Chubb. What it really touches on is I don't think anybody feels like the Browns have maximized Nick Chubb. And in this case, I'll be honest with you, I don't think they maximized him down the stretch. And I think it actually was for the worse of Deshaun Watson. I think you basically said, ah, just go ahead and just go throw the ball, Deshaun. Go win. And I don't think that helped build Deshaun's confidence. I don't think it helped. Uh, I don't think it helped the change from what your offense was with Jacoby to what it was with Deshaun. And now, if they're looking at that six games and going, we're gonna we're gonna choose that. We're gonna choose what we saw in six games when we didn't help either guy be the best version of themselves. 
to now completely diminish one of the elite players you have in this roster, that's where the pain point is. We didn't trust Nick Chubb's usage beforehand, yeah. and now you're going to go into an offense that doesn't fit. And it's not about doesn't fit him. It's about completely wiping away him. And then, it, so if you said, well, we're going to completely minimize the running back and we're going to use that as justification for trading Nick Chubb, I don't like it, but I at least understand it. To then say, we're actually going to do neither. We're going to minimize the running back and we're going to continue to pay Nick Chubb $15 million a year. Well, that's, well, that what, feels, that, that, that's what I don't want to do. Well, but that feels like two, two types of stupid. And, and when you don't have to choose. It is a fallacy in the NFL that you have to choose between two great players. This isn't the NBA. This isn't Donovan versus Darius. It's not Jalen versus Jason. Yeah, but it kind of is, Nick. I mean, we don't we don't see elite running backs anymore. Do yes, we? we do. Yes, we do. Derek Derek Henry two years ago or three years ago had Tennessee in the AFC title game with Ryan Tannehill. That's as far oh, as oh gosh, go. man, I God, I would hate to be in the AFC title game. Oof. Not me, is it, Lord. Is it also, Not me. Is it also possible that, Give me seven wins, that, Lord. that the Browns could be thinking about Nick Chubb's value and thinking, man, you know what? The last couple of years, like he was he was a featured back in our offense. Like he put up numbers. Like he was really good. Mm-hmm. Is it possible they're thinking, well, he's probably not going to put up those numbers the next couple of years. Why not get the most value out of him now? Well, but they're not doing that. They're saying we're going to pay him. We have no uh, No, I know that. Uh, well, but that's the that's, But I'm, but that's, I'm saying they should be considering what I just said. Okay. I, again, I still I don't like that idea, but at least makes more sense than uh we're going to pay Nick Chubb for 12 carries a game. Or 12 no, touches a game. Not paying for that. Jerry, welcome to the show. Yeah, how you doing? Doing well, buddy. What you got for us? Uh, listen, uh, I just want to talk about uh, <clears throat> Nick Chubb. Why would we even consider getting rid of Nick Chubb? For, for what reason? For starter cap? No. What are we going to do? Get a good uh, running back to replace him? Keep what we got. Get rid of two other players or another player somewhere else. Well, we should just stay with Baker Mayfield. If that's if that's the mindset everyone has, we should just stay with Baker. What? I mean, if we just want to just build our offense around Nick Chubb, we should just stay with Baker Mayfield. Well, no, but doesn't the running game open up the passing game? I don't think anymore. No. Jerry, Jerry, real quick, can you turn down the the radio in the background? It's driving us crazy. Turn off. I'm sorry about that. No worries, bud. Yeah, I was listening to you guys. <laughs> Anyhow. Oh, we um, appreciate it. Turn it back on yeah. when the call's over, by the way. Yeah, but I mean, but, but, but why, why would, why would the, the running game overload the passing game? Everybody knows that. You guys know that. If you don't have a running game, how are you going to be able to pass? Yeah, I thank you for the call, Jerry. Uh, Alexa, turn us back on. Um, Alexa, turn on 92.3 The Fan. How many people did we just screw with just saying that? Did their phones go off? Hopefully. Oh, let me try this. Hey, Siri. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris on Twitter. Twitter reaction brought to you by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store, saying uh, Nick averages less than 18 carries a game last year. Let's say 12 carries is hyperbole, and they're really thinking 15 at 15 carries a game, 5.3 yards per carry. He'd have 1,300 yards next season meanwhile you the- theoretically extended his career hashtag analytics um all right then 
why are you building your offense around hypothetical? Because I again, I I agree. I I you have to take Matthew Barry's report on the Browns and where they are. You have to take that at face value. But I, I don't understand how you build an off season around. Oh, we were just being hyperbolic at the combine. I it just it cheeses me off. Just have a direction, have a commitment. If you don't want to use Nick Chubb, trade his ass. I'll be pissed at you, and I will not forgive you. Just have a direction, you said, right? Yes. Okay. Just not. We're not talking about the guy on pre-building, you know, pre-show yeah. building peer, that oh. guy. Couldn't tell. It sounded very similar. Direction. Direction. Okay. Still mad about this. What All right, we're going to get to the cast. I just, it's just. I just want the Browns to be smart, and I just want them to win football games. I, I think that's all, what we all want. Is it? I don't. Who doesn't want to win games? I'm just saying. One, but maybe we should thank Donovan Mitchell for no, the trash talk icing Grant Williams. Not just him, the Cavs. Everybody's rolling that the 45 second delay in between shot one and two. Some brilliant stuff. A lot of credit, credit, and kudos to the Cavaliers last night. And listen. They knew once it went to overtime, it was over. I don't think you they know, knew that. Uh, they play, they the Cavs play. are seven and zero in overtime games this year, and knowing the Celtics are without their best players, they're in foul trouble. They're go, they're dead legs going to overtime. Like I think it was blood in the water. Um, yeah, they didn't play like it early in OT though. They played really sloppy last night. Like like the <clears throat> the it's it's obvious that they didn't play with a requisite effort in the first half and that's something obviously we can get into but like I mean even the first couple of minutes of overtime like it that game didn't feel settled until what two minutes to go in overtime yeah and that, but that's okay I mean that's pretty typical for an overtime right I mean, it's a tie game going into it no if you can settle it with the last couple of minutes I think that's a that's a good thing yeah but it just the calf still just offensively. <laughs> It was just wonky. That's just the only. That's the word that should be applied to the Cavs' offense when they're not playing the way, not playing the best version of themselves. But yeah, the Grant Williams stuff was awesome. I was just, I was just thankful. I was just thankful, thankful they got out because we still got some of it. We still got some of the the sky is falling. The Cavs suck. They're not going to go anywhere. We still got some of it. But that them coming back and winning at least took some of the steam off of the just blunt forced rage and panic of Cavs fans. Yeah. No, I th- listen, had you lost the game last night, I think it's complete panic today and people freaking out, but the fact that they didn't give up and I, I know they're playing without a few of their best players, but still that's Cavaliers right. could have given up and, uh, you know, just, just gotten blown out. They didn't. So Jason Lloyd was on with the morning show today and he made a point because I, I, it was weird on Twitter watching people try to take a victory lap on the Cavs win over the Celtics last night. Who wants a victory lap um, and why? I, I don't know, but they, they basically part of the conversation the morning show had was whether last night was a good win or not. And Jason tried to dispel that uh, earlier today. That's not a good win last night. I mean, it's a win. It counts. Put it in the books. Like, okay, great. That's not a good win. Boston's in double overtime the night before. They're sitting two of their best players. You're down 15 of them. You should have lost. You know, I mean, Donovan Mitchell didn't box out Marcus Smart on the 
free throws at the end. If Marcus tips that in, what's the conversation this morning? Like, that's not a good win. When when you're in that position again, it's a young team. It's an immature team. They don't know how to handle their own business yet. But, you know, hey, they got the win. They did what they needed to do because Boston ran out of legs and didn't have any legs left. In the, and, you know, I was sitting next to Joe last night. He called it. Like, Varden called it. He said, Kev's going to win this game going to the fourth quarter. And I said, no, they're not. He said, yeah, they are. Boston's done. They have no legs left. And he was right. And they did. Although it was funny, some of the Boston writers said Grant Williams was nowhere to be found in the locker room last night. I think Grant Williams sat on the bus in his jersey. I think he went right to the bus in his uniform. He definitely didn't shower. Like, he was out of there fast. I did feel for Grant Williams. Not so much so that I uh, cared, but for like two seconds, I was like, this is going to be tough. You you get two gimmies to end the game with 0.8 seconds left on the clock, and all you have to do is sink one of them, and you're an 86% career th- free throw shooter, I felt bad for uh, Grant Williams. Now, to the other part. Would you, would you have made one? Me? Yeah. No. Would you? Yeah. I, I don't think so. One out of two? I think Donovan Mitchell could get in your cage real I easy. I don't know. I'm Sp- not saying I'd always make one out of two. Because I think Donovan, yeah, I, I think that, I think I think in that environment, I think I especially because it's not just Donovan. Donovan started it. The rest of the Cavs got into it. Can I just? I don't care if it was a good win or not. We've reached a point where I measuring stick wins, um, good wins, bad wins, good losses, bad losses. Just give me the damn four seed. Because I I listen. Last night would not have changed the opinion that I've started to have here recently, and I I think it is the truth about the Cavs. The Cavs are not ready for the playoffs. If you started tomorrow and you played the Knicks in a seven-game series, tomorrow you're probably losing that series. I think it'd probably go seven, but you're losing that series tomorrow because the Knicks are taking every game seriously and the Cavs aren't. That's just a stone-cold reality. So even if Tatum had played last night, you got the win. One win is not enough to convince me that this team is ready for the playoffs. I don't know that they are ready for the playoffs. I don't think they are. That's okay. No. We got two months. No, they don't. They they got the fourteen games. That they've got they've got fourteen, fifteen games to figure this out. It is it is a little late in the season, and I'm not gonna panic because again, I, I like outside of a couple extreme scenarios, it's house money. There are a couple scenarios where, like, you fall out of the top six, which I don't even know it's possible at this point. You fall out of the top six, I'm expecting heads to roll. Um, If you continue to lose the way you do, and then JB's, uh, his coaching snafus, or why you lose a series, I, I reserve the right to panic and rage. But, like, you're the four seed. I'm content with where you are. I still think you have a chance to win a playoff series. I never thought you had much more of a chance to do more than just win a series. I still think the Cavs are who we thought they were, given their ceiling and their floor. But they're not ready for the playoffs. And it, and I don't know why. I don't think it's as simple as saying youth, although I do think that at times factors in. I think JB has completely screwed up every rotation they have. I don't think any of these young guys are playing with any sort of feel or, and I'm not going to say any, I should say, I don't think any of their bench guys are playing with feel or with certainty. I don't think they know when they're going to play and how much they're going to play. And 
I don't think any of these guys are playing with confidence. No, that's fair. Especially from the bench guys or the guys that don't play a lot. I mean, like if you're Jetty Osman, you go in every game, you don't know if you're going to play six minutes or 26 minutes. Mm -hmm. Like JB, the other, JB's been like, oh, we're going to have a playoff rotation of eight or nine games or eight or nine guys. But it doesn't matter if they don't know when they're going to be played or how they're going to be used or what they're going to be asked to do. And again, I'll say it. I think JB's a good coach. I don't know he's doing a good job this year. It is, it's the weirdest thing to say. They're the fourth seed. That's as good as I can expect them to be. And I'm excited to see what they do in the playoffs. And also, they're not ready for the playoffs. JB has completely destroyed any value he has on the bench, including running off Kevin Love. And yeah, the Cavs could easily get swept in the first round. They, they could easily no, they go. Could. They could easily go to the second round of the playoffs and make it real honest and make it a great series. They could also get swept in the first round. So I'm not panicking. I just think you have to face the realities of the Cavs. Two one six five seven eight double zero nine two. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.